Hey everybody, Jeff Freeman here with the Curse of Oak Island and Beyond the live stream, and we are excited today, uh, Tom Burns and I, to have the world-famous blacksmith Carmen Leg on the show, and uh, we're going to get started with that. Uh, Carmen has got a lot of stuff that he's going to share with us about this last season nine, and uh, we're really excited to have him on. So we're going to get started right now. This is Robert Clotworthy, the narrator of The Curse of Oak Island, and I have a question for you. Could it be that you are listening to The Curse of Oak Island and Beyond live stream? This is a top pocket find, mate, for sure. All right, we are live and we uh, are here, Tom. Thank you, Tom, for coming on tonight, or today, I should say. And on the phone again this time, we have world-renowned blacksmith, author, uh, Carmen Legg. Thank you, Carmen, for coming on today. You're welcome, Jeff. Nice to hear from you. Hi, Tom. Whoa. How are you doing? Great, thank you. Beautiful sunny day here in New Brunswick. Yep. Very nice. Not so much down here in western Pennsylvania. We got a cloudy day. It's been raining and raining and raining, and uh, the rivers are up. Uh, yeah, it's we got a little bit of flooding going on. Not too bad. Just minor stuff, I guess, right now. But uh, it'll it's be a nice, yeah. nice sunny day here. It's uh, <laughs> uh, had a frost this morning. Did you? Uh, right now, we're about ten degrees Celsius. Uh oh. Wow. That's not so, bad. That's, that's almost a heat wave here. Yeah, I was going to say. <laughs> Time to break out the shorts and the flip-flops, right? <laughs> exactly. Yeah, it certainly is. Time to get rid of the uh, winter underwear. Yeah. 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 Oh, my goodness. Yeah, for sure. Put those away. At least, hopefully, you get to put them away for the rest. We got warm weather coming here. It's supposed to be up in uh, the 70s and uh, and then even touching on the 80s later next week. So, But this uh, for the next couple of days, it's going to be kind of... Uh, Kind of in the 40s or 50s, whatever. So, yeah, sorry, folks, for uh, oh. Carmen. Once again, uh, we were trying to, he can try to pop in there. We had him on for a little while, but it was, he was freezing up and stuff. So we, we asked if he would call. Uh, if he clicks on that uh, button again, he might be able to pop back on the screen maybe for a few minutes. He's sporting a pretty good goatee right now um, that he's grown over the winter. That, uh, you know, you we, we got the, we have a picture up right now of you, Carmen, that uh, has you in the, research center and of course you're clean shaven except for your mustache so on that one but yeah we don't get to see that nice long goatee you got going on if you get a chance click yeah, on that little uh, click on that little button there and see if you can get back in uh we'll see you for a couple minutes anyway but you can stay on the phone with us that way we keep that going okay just hang on a minute all right i think it might be working it might be working we'll keep you there you are oh there it is we'll keep you muted but yeah there you, there you now go <laughs> no, set the phone down for a minute we all get a look at this yeah yeah look at that look it's at that yeah white. yeah it's pretty i didn't think it was that white but it's really white on uh camera <laughs> yeah. that's what i keep saying about mine too but yeah it's no it's white I... <laughs> so i tell you what oh dear yeah, it, Carmen. You know we've we know we've had you on the show a couple of times, and every time it has been absolutely uh, so much fun to have you on. Uh, not only for you to come on and share your knowledge with us, but also uh, just some of the great stories that you have to tell. And that's been really the fun of it for I know for myself um, is that you have some really interesting stories, not just about Oak Island, but about you know blacksmithing and working with oxen and just the whole thing. Uh, everything you, uh, you know, are involved in, um, which is really neat. And I know that, you know, we've kind of talked about your background before, 
but you've been a blacksmith. I think you, you've talked to, what is it about 20 years, 19, 20 years, something like that, right? Yes. Mm -hmm. And you were trained yes, by, I, by, uh, some, the real blacksmiths, right? Yes. I grew up, uh, next to a blacksmith shop. So I was always hanging around the blacksmith shop. Mm -hmm. Didn't realize I was going to become one in later years. But uh, I had the opportunity, and uh, my passion for, um, we'll say, artifact history has been there for a long time. Mm -hmm. And uh, to be able to learn how to reproduce these items was just fantastic. And I had three um, full-time traditional blacksmiths teach me, and uh, I, in turn, teach others just Pretty much the same thing, um, a lot of traditional skills that a blacksmith would do, right. which are no longer uh, even practiced by blacksmiths nowadays. See, that's the sad thing. We, we kind of touched on that before, but that is truly the sad thing because, you know, being able to keep that, that original, uh, the old style, I don't know what, I don't know what's the word I want to use for it, but the, the, tri the tried and true skill of being a blacksmith has kind of fallen to the wayside, the old ways of doing things, right? The traditional ways, Traditional, yes. there you go, uh, yep. Mm -hmm. That's a good word. So many blacksmiths nowadays use modern methods, you know, uh, mm -hmm. uh, you know, electric grinder, uh, plasma cutter, and uh, so on and so forth. Mm -hmm. um, doing it that way, you lose a lot of the traditional um, hand-to-eye coordination skills that you would need. Um, you know, just, just traditional skills that are no longer practiced. Right, yeah. Even welding, uh, most blacksmiths use a liquid welder nowadays. Mm -hmm. Yep. Now, if you had, the, to, um, you had oh, go ahead. Sorry. Uh, the um, thing that you touched on, Jeff, about um, the history of the artifacts. Well, I always try to interject the human uh, equation into the artifacts. Mm -hmm. um, these artifacts were made by humans. Yep. They were used by humans, and a lot of the stories connected with the artifacts and, of course, um, the history of their use is, is to me, is human-related. You know, it's the mm -hmm. human interest part of the story that's really fantastic. Yep. Uh, that's why I like, you know, telling stories about um, using axes and saws and digging equipment and so on. It's not so much the artifact. It's just the history of the personal use of the items that's mm -hmm. Is, you know, I, I, I can't even imagine uh, having the um, human endurance to use these items as much as they were. Modern equipment, you go to a hardware store that's buy something that's 20 years old, you can hardly see any use onto it. But right. if you see a pick from the 1700s, that pick has been used so much that it's worn right down to practically nothing. Can you imagine yeah. the time and the effort it would take to wear a tool out like that? Oh, no, I can't. Well, I can't. I mean, it, it would have to be immense, you know, and that brings up a very good yes. point, you know, talking about um, the swages, you know, those swages were yes. around and then you, well, actually I say swages, but I, if I remember correctly, like Tom had said earlier, they were actually one swage. It was broke in, into two pieces. Is that right? The one that was found on the. That's correct. Yes. Okay. They were uh, two equal halves that split in two of the same swage and that sometimes happens when uh, a swage has been uh, used over a long period of time. And you must remember when swages are used, they heat up, they cool down, they heat up and cool down. And over time, they go into stress mode. And and oftentimes, they do break. That's interesting. So just, just for the people that haven't it's heard it before, the reason why they would discard it. Yeah. 
just for the people that haven't heard before, Cat F was, was wondering uh, if you could just explain how a swage works or what the, yeah. like, the, purpose, the purpose is to sharpen a chisel or tool, but how does a person go about doing that? Well, a swage is basically a mold, and it's um, a very uh, high-carbon steel, um, high-carbon iron mold. And um, most swages are inserted into an anvil or into an anvil block. And the, um, the um, item that you're going to work is placed into it and beat into the shape that the swage has. Some swages were independently used um, or freestanding, if you want to use that uh, terminology. Uh-huh. And basically, it's just a, a mold. So when you heat up your item that you want to fix, you stick it in the swage, which is a mold, and you beat it into shape. And swages and hardies, for that matter, come in many different shapes. So the wedge shape, bowl shape, triangle shape, rounded shape, V shaped. Um, uh, also, they have complicated shapes as well that would shape your tool into whatever working edge, I guess you could call it, it needs to have. So the item, like you know, and one of the items that uh, we we just saw uh, that was, uh, I think it was on the season finale, um, was one that you had mentioned would be sharpened or created you using a swage, and that was the you called it a rock a rock drill, right? Yes, the rock drill is um, it was an item about two feet long, uh, three quarter inch in size. Usually, it has a star shape on the end or a wedge shape. The wedge shape has to be uh, at the right angle to cut into rock. Uh-huh. Um, over the use, of course, uh, it gets dull and the corners get broken off. So you heat it back up and you stick it in the wedge, in the swage, and uh, reshape it, re-angle it so it has the proper um, angle of attack. Uh-huh. And then you have to heat it up and temper it so it becomes hard enough to dig into rock, but not so hard that it would break. Right. On the uh, the show that featured the rock drill, if you notice on the top, it had a fairly mushroomed head, yep. which is very common with uh, rock drills. But um, that particular rock drill <laughs> did break. Again, that kind of leads to the, uh, to the uh, realization that you only see broken parts of, of items yeah. on the Oak Island. Yeah. Well, well, let me ask you this about, about the rock let me ask you this about the rock drill, and maybe you can't answer because it's yet to be shown or it was never done or whatever, but did anybody check to see if it fit the swage? Pardon? Did anybody check the rock drill that they found to see if it was the same size or same type bit as what the swage would have been used to sharpen? Yes, yes, it is. It is uh, definitely uh-huh. a rock drill. It has yeah. been confirmed. Yeah, but I was just wondering now, if, if also- it was compared to the swage. Like, is, would, would, could that have been the swage that was used to sharpen that particular drill. Yes, it certainly would have been. Oh, wow. Okay, yeah. cool. Interesting. Yeah, um, we know that. And also, uh, if you know on the show, the rock drill was found deep underground in the money pit. Yeah. So, yeah. And- so we know that the rock drill swages were used to tunnel or mine down there uh-huh. at whatever depth it was. So we know that there was some sort of excavation happening underground and there's only two reasons for that to remove something or to place something yes um, there's enough evidence on the um uh, on the island and in the money pit to suggest something was placed there yeah yeah so do you I was ask you about that how you felt about it go ahead tom 
So, so to use that swage, then they would have had to had some sort of a temporary, I'm going to call it forge or something to heat those instruments up in, then perhaps on the island. And the reason I say yes, that that's is right. it would have been a, just a quick setup, crudely yeah. uh, um, blacksmith forge setup, but it would be very efficient and very um, um, capable of doing the job. Yes. Yeah. So I, I think you know, just, people think it, you know a forge has to be a big elaborate. Um, you know, aprons and brick and uh, ironwork and all that stuff. Now, a simple forge can be built just by using some uh, clay bricks. Um, the important thing is you have to have a fairly good volume of forced air coming up through the fire in order to oh, reach yeah. the temperatures you need. Mm -hmm. That that then is a side topic. It takes you back up, to, a, to, to, a, to I wonder what type of coal they found. <laughs> oh, yeah. Coal they found, yeah. It's a smelting coal and just, I guess, a... A heating or a cooking coal too so mm -hmm. interesting and, and yes. the swage, it, swage itself was found like on lot 21 or something so quite a ways away from the actual money pit i think yeah um a lot of times the work done by the tools was not near the forge okay right. yeah i i um, sometimes think it, the forge area was chosen because of the shelter possibly or it could have been a central location with other activities happening, um, you know, in connection with uh, forage making tools and artifacts. That would make sense. A lot of times they would locate it close to water. Yeah. I could say it would make sense to have it on the back side of the island then, right? Which would be lot 21. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah, for sure. That's a, that's, that is interesting that, uh, you know, those two would go hand in hand because you, you wonder about the, you know, and, and using a, that rock drill down there in in the money pit or down underground like that, I mean, obviously, they're using that and they're striking it against rock. Is it just basically just to chisel away and to break up rock? Is that the, the main use of it? The main use is uh, for splitting and, uh, and busting up rock, but okay. also very hard ground as well. You could have a ledge down there. You could have... A, uh, you know, a slate ledge or something uh -huh. like that that you want to bust up as well. Right. Um, the the holes can be um, inserted into any hard surface, and by using wedges driven in the holes, you can split big junks out of it. Right. They, they, would be, they would be easier to use at depth because you'd only have to swing mm -hmm. a hammer or maybe a small maul to use that as opposed to swinging a pick, right? Yeah. Yeah. Basically, uh, break up hard surfaces. Yep. Yeah. And also, if you use your uh, rock drill in a proper situation, you can create um, blocks, you know, that can be used to uh, make walls and, and uh, uh, fortify structures down there as well. Mm -hmm. Yeah, you can make masonry type blocks. I say that, uh, you know, they were cemented into place, but they could also be um, square, heavy concrete like blocks or limestone that could be used yeah so so the swage and the, and the stone drill would they be among your favorite things found or would there be other yeah favorite things? Oh, oh, absolutely yeah, okay. absolutely yeah interesting yeah, they tell so much they sell a, a story you know yeah patrice i was asking that question about some of the things that you found uh what was the most interesting uh that you have found coming from oak island i think is uh, now, she didn't specifically say from Oak Island, but I'm going to add that on there. 
Now, would that so the swage and that rock drill probably would be among the most interesting artifacts that you found over the years from Oak Island? It was. Okay. It was. Um, there was another artifact, the island, that was more interesting to me than the swages. Oh. So it's, I can't I can't go into okay. any detail about it, but okay. um, the swages are certainly up there in the top five. Um, the rock grill, of course, uh, kind of vindicates that um, the swage was a useful tool there on mm-hmm. the island, and um, the, the rock drills are um, just you know, another aspect to the same story of creating caverns <laughs> underground for whatever reason. Right. Yeah, exactly. Which is very interesting because um, when you examine the rock drills or, or uh, that particular drill, you can tell that it went through a, uh, it went, uh, it did a lot of work. Mm-hmm. One of the things that, uh, yeah, the... I know what it's like. Okay, go ahead. Yeah, I know what it's like using rock drills. It's, it's hard work drilling really? rocks. Wow. Very much so. So you've actually had a little experience Dangerous with that. Too. Yeah, I was going to say, now back then they didn't have safety glasses either for all the chips that are flying. Yeah, uh, a lot of times I was asked to uh, explain what rock oh, drilling is uh, right. is all about. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to um, start making some videos and uh, I'll uh, make a few rock drills in the forge, and I'll show them, uh, people how to, uh, the public, how they were made, and also I will drill some rocks and split them up so people can see how they were used. Oh, wow, that's going to be fan- fascinating. That'll be great. We'd love to help you uh, let us know yeah, when you get cool, those man. out. That would really be cool. Certainly will, yeah. Oh, that would, yeah, that would be very yeah. interesting because I know, and you and I have talked about this before, is that you and I, um, you know, I've had a little bit of experience working with a blacksmith that was teaching me how to make a few things. I made a, a leaf on the end of a rod and, uh, I twisted yes, some other I pieces remember. around and it was fascinating. I absolutely love it. And and this was doing it with a hammer and no hammer, no uh, power hammers or anything like that. You know, we, we pounded it out with a, with a blacksmithing hammers and stuff, um, which is really the way I like to, you know, think about doing that, but to watch you go from making one all the way through to using one that that's going to be fascinating that, that I, that's i'm glad you thought of that <laughs> when do you think something like this well, will be available I had, I had so many requests to you know uh, a lot of times on the show this is a rock drill this is a hand point yeah. this is a switch whatever um people you know the show doesn't um i don't know maybe they think they would drag the show down but they don't go into detail about how the item was used and, right, and right. Uh, all this, you know. Um, so that's going to be what I'm going to sort of continue on. I'll make the items in the forge. You'll see me, uh, you know, oozing blood, sweat, and tears making the <laughs> item, and you'll see me using it, demonstrating it, showing you how much use it, uh, you know, how much work it requires to use the particular item. And also the hand point. The hand point was uh, one of the top five items for me, so I'm going to be making a hand point in the forge. And I'll show you how to carve, I don't know what I'll do. I'll carve my initials on a rock, I guess. <laughs> you could make yourself a... Uh, my uh, whole name. <laughs> make yourself your yeah. own copy of the uh, the 90-foot stone. You know, you could uh, show... <laughs> yeah, well, the thing is with that is we do we know that that's... No. Really what was on the stone. No, right? unfortunately, no, we don't. 
We just don't know for sure if that yeah. writing is what was on the stone. Right. It's it's a best guess based upon stories that have been told. As far as I know. That's anyway, right. Yeah. Recollection. Yep. Yeah. <clears throat> yep. So, uh, so it's that we didn't have the actual stone. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I know. So Carmen, what, what approximate dates you just to refresh everybody's memory, what approximate dates were you putting on the on the swage and the drill? Back like in the fourteen, fifteen hundreds? Uh, I thought early? it was about fourteen thirty to about um, oh, I wouldn't go any more than seventeen forties, just oh. because of the construction okay. swage. Okay. And that... um, the rock drill is, you know, they tend to be fairly um, uniform shape and construction for many many years, but mm-hmm. uh, we know that the rock drill was formed in the swage, and the swage is from an earlier time period. So I'm going to go. 1730 to um, about 1740. Okay. All right. So they, they would have arrived probably or near around the, after the time that the oxen first arrived. I think the oxen first brought to Nova Scotia in the 1600s, weren't they? Yeah, exactly. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Long yeah. before uh, searcher time, which I think is what, 1795? When, Correct. Yes. In that range. Yeah. Yeah. Or at least the modern searchers that we know of anyway. Yeah, right. Yeah, exactly. That's yeah. right. Yeah, Vaughn McGinnis and Smith supposedly found the money pit in 1795. So they assume, they make the assumption that anything uh, anything that's dated on the island prior to that would either be, you know, searcher, I mean, depositor, uh, would be depositor, or that we know of, or maybe other searchers that might have been coming and going from or people coming and going from the island back then. There's been obviously the speculation sure. talking about the island being used for different purposes um, over the many years. Um, so you know the British being there, the French being there, and and uh, the things that they would have left behind, like the ox shoes that you found. Um, you had mentioned something during the pre-show that um, that about only about what we've se- what we've seen on TV that you have examined is about only about a fourth of what they have actually brought to you. And that was really, I, I, I almost, that was almost jaw dropping for me because, you know, I think about, and obviously they're not going to show us everything. We kind of knew that, but, and, and I know you can't talk about the things that have not been aired, but I never imagined that there was that many pieces coming through that we have not seen. The uh, research trailer is where they keep all the uh, artifacts that are found. Mm-hmm. And uh, gosh, you know, there's like 10,000 <laughs> different uh, artifacts. And, and again, they're just pieces, parts of no complete, That's, uh, you know, one of a kind uh, uh, definitive aha artifact. It's just, uh, it's very mysterious that way. Mm-hmm. But um, yes, I would say about. Um, one quarter of what I was shown last year, last summer, I got on the show. Wow. That's something. And two, um, somewhere I was told or uh, read, I don't know, maybe uh, Doug Crowell or uh, uh, Charles Barkos or somebody told me about uh, them the, where you had m- mentioned the McGinnis uh, and a couple other ones noticing a, uh, I believe it was a block and tackle hanging from a tree or something like yeah, that. Yeah, that's kind of the I prevailing can't remember story. If they yeah. saw that from the water or were they were they actually <clears throat> on the island? 
Uh, it seems to me that uh, uh, they've seen these items from being near the island, but still in a boat or still in a uh, canoe or whatever, going around the island. If you're familiar with the money pit, it's not anywhere near the uh, shore. It's right. probably, uh, I'm saying, uh, well, I will say 100 yards from the shore. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, if you're out in the water and you're floating around in a boat, can you see a block and hat tackle hanging from a tree with no. all the limbs and so on 100 <laughs> yards away? No. Not going to happen. Not going to yeah. happen. <laughs> I'm thinking the McGinnises knew something in the beginning. Yes, I, I agree with you. Mind. Yep. I'm definitely 100% agree with you on that one. <laughs> yep. Yeah. Just yeah, so, a little too convenient in the story. Exactly. Yeah. So then just back to the Oxshoes, knowing knowing that the island was first settled back in the 1700s, and we know that there was, you know, different farms on there, different, different uses of the lots. Mm-hmm. And they're finding, you know, over the course of the show now, like 50 to 100 Oxshoes or whatever that number might be. Would that number of Oxshoes be... I guess, sort of along the lines of what you would want to see with a hundred years of habitation, or was that too many, too little? You know, how frequently would uh, it? No, it's unusual to see that many. Uh, uh, a lot of the oxshoes, again, are before settlement of the island. Oh, right. And I know wow. these from the you know researching oxshoes from European countries. Right. Yeah, you do uh, do a lot of research. Yeah. Yes, a lot of the shoes are from uh, settling the area and farming the area. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know, uh, there were some shoes found on the island that could be uh, dated as late as 1950. But um, uh, any other area, any other farming settlement in the area on the mainland would not have one tenth the amount of shoes that you would find on Oak Island. Wow. So some pretty significant activity. Well, going on. A lot of um, traction activity there. Yeah. Right. So, and that begs the question as to why. Why would that be the case? I mean, you know, obviously, and, and in finding them in the Stone Road, I mean, right now they're doing what we saw at the end of the season. They were looking at um, following the Stone Path on Lot 15, and they were uncovering it with that little mini excavator trying to uncover and see the different layers of rock. But then it was very exciting for, for Gary, who was just beside himself, to actually find an ox shoe on that area where they considered that to be a path or this another stone road. What makes that significant, I guess, and I'm going to let you elaborate on this, is the fact that it ties the ox shoe together with it actually being a road. Is that right? Yes. Um, a simple uh, rock-built road uh, use an auction. Uh, yeah, she might find one or two shoes on the island, on the road. But when you find that many shoes in that concentrated of an area or a path or road, whatever you want to call it, it indicates a lot of heavy haulage. Mm. Really, really intense heavy haulage. Mm. Um, the rocks that indicate the points of the Nolan's Cross on there are really, really heavy rocks. So that, that's just one example of really heavy haulage, right? Uh-huh. So um, these rocks would weigh probably I don't know we'll say between between six and twelve ton, which would require you know uh, oxen hooked together, but yeah. certainly capable and of doing that. But when you're doing heavy haulage like that, you're expected to see a lot more shoes being lost. Wow. Well, yeah, and and just because yeah, and you're going to have sometimes you know eight, ten, twelve oxes to a 
to a team, right? Depending That's on what right. you call it. Yeah. Yeah. And how so, big so, it so is. then, so then, let, let me ask you this: Before you were saying that that in a previous time you were on with this, you were saying that the the ox shoes were primarily English, French, and I think German. And you've done yeah, a lot of research. The earlier ones are, are definitely German, yeah. The yeah. earlier ones are um, French and English, okay. with the Is majority it... being English. Okay. Have, have you ever looked at or considered, like, I'm presuming the Portuguese were using oxen as well. Is it, do you know anything about the Portuguese-type shoes? Not too much when, uh, when it comes to ox shoes. I do know that generally um, shoes from Portugal or... Um, or uh, the uh, Basque area were didn't have corks on them. Oh, uh, okay. So the hoof from where it didn't give them extra grip. So a lot of the uh, uh, Spanish shoes as well didn't have corks. Corks are the other, uh, you know, the the diggers, you know, up the yeah, shoes. That's the traction. That's the traction. That's the tread. Uh, yeah. That's yeah. right. Yeah. Okay. They okay. tended not to have corks, or if they did have corks, they were very. Um, Minimal. Okay. So, if you were going to use oxen in a in a wooded area, or a forested area, say for example, like Oak Island, um, would it? I, I guess would it be necessary to build a supporting road for them? Like they're pretty rugged animals; they could travel pretty much anywhere. Would you really need to build a rock road or something to support their operation, or would that just be to support the weight of something that they haul? Uh, no, you don't need a road to, uh, to uh, use oxen. The only time you need a road is if you're doing any amount of work. You want to sort of level out the areas so that, um, you know, you're not taxing the ox too much. Mm -hmm. uh, it is uh, hard for oxen to travel over uneven ground repeatedly. It's just um, they can, they're very capable of doing it. But if you're going to do any amount of work, you have to create a road. Okay. Interesting. Yep. So if you're going to haul a lot of heavy stuff, then it's better off to have something level and, and at least semi-smooth so then they can get some traction. Right. Fairly level, yes. That's yeah. right. Yeah. Uh, the rock road that you see on the end of the swamp there mm -hmm. is very rocky and pebbly. Right. Well, that would be the base of the road. Of course, it would be covered over with um, sod or, or uh, fine sifted sand or whatever sort of thing to make a fairly flat road. Right. More what smooth. you see there is just a road after everything has been eroded. Right, yeah. Yep. And the things that they found beside the road, you know, like the coal that they found, um, <clears throat> that obviously, and it was my guess that, you know, when, why would you find coal along the edge of the road or on the road itself? It would have been parts that fell off as of it was tumbling along and some of it tumbled off. And yet now it's found all these years later. Um, if it was on a cart of like, uh, being pulled by oxen, um, but again, then that coal, was that coal that they have? I don't know if you ever got a chance to look at any of the coal that was found. And was it, if you did, was it coal that would have been used in a in a kiln or a, a blacksmith, uh, uh, you know, uh, enterprise in, in some sort? Or is it a different type yes, of coal? Yes, uh, it, it was soft coal, bituminous uh, uh, coal that would have been uh, used to create fire, heat, mm -hmm. that sort of thing. It wasn't, uh, it wasn't simply... Uh, coal that would be used for creating uh, you know a fire in a furnace or in a fireplace or anything like that no this was bituminous coal soft coal um it was also coal not from nova scotia Interesting. so it would have been brought from europe 
Okay. That's significant. Europe. It could have also been it could have also been from the United States as well. Yeah. Oh. Yeah, Dr. Spooner mentioned that the sulfur content or something was yeah, was the not the same yeah. as yes. what would you find in Nova Scotia. Yeah. Right. Yeah. <clears throat> One of the questions uh, Nova that, Scotia oh. coal has a lot of sulfur. Oh, does it? Okay. Uh, one of the questions yeah. that uh, a viewer asked, uh, this was Janet, and Janet asked, uh, has the team from Oak Island ever brought you something that you ab you had absolutely no idea what it was? Yeah. Uh, and if you can't items. talk about it, that's okay. I understand. But I was just wondering if that it was the case, or she was. Yeah, they, they brought two items. <clears throat> um, I had no idea uh, what it was, and uh, and for that matter, nobody else did as well. It's very unique shape. We're still working on to to try to figure out what it is. And uh, uh, also on the show, uh, they showed me one item that I get, did uh, only one <laughs> that I did get wrong. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> I'm allowed one, ain't I? Oh, absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> I would say with the, with the amount of things you've looked at, you're entitled to more than one. Yeah, if we've only seen a quarter of what you've actually witnessed and examined and you only had one that was wrong yeah that's that's batting a very good very good average in my uh, opinion a question from joe horsley here says <clears throat> she says asks is going by everything carmen has examined for oak island what nationality or nationalities would he consider to be the most predominant by far the english okay and uh when i say english i'm talking about the english of the 18th century so from the Great Britain in general, seventeen twenty, seventeen twenty to seventeen sixty. Wow. Without a doubt, the English were there for whatever reason from during that time period. Hmm. Yeah, that's uh, <clears throat> and that's that's what's interesting is because and it really amazed us at the end of season eight, um, they laid out everything on the table just like they did on the season finale uh, last night uh, or, or last week. I mean. They laid out all, you know, many of the artifacts that were found on there, and the, the broad range of dates was just fascinating. Not all of it being wood, of course. I mean, iron or something, you know, of course, and many wooden pieces and things of that nature. Um, have they brought anything to you that was not iron, like a wooden item to check out and get your opinion on, or something that wasn't iron uh, that they, wasn't wood? They bring also? a few. Yeah, they bring a few uh, other metal items, such as. Uh, 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 Nickel, lead, uh, bit of cobalt, cobalt. Um, again, uh, coal that has uh, uh, been carbonized. Um, um, the item that was shown on TV that had uh, gold deposits onto it, minute, minute uh, amounts, but uh, still. Uh, uh, was in contact with gold as well as silver. Mm -hmm. Wow. Um, the other thing too is um, some of the items uh, have uh, been in contact with antimony, which is very very rare. Oh wow! I've not uh, even again, heard I'm of that before. A, yeah, yeah, it's um, sort of a rare earth uh, element mm -hmm. that sometimes uh, comes in contact with metal. Uh, again, that's a little bit outside my scope. Yeah. Wow. That's um. Yeah. One of the one of the like a follow up to uh, Janet uh, had a little follow up on there. And uh, have they ever brought you an item 
that they were all excited about that you looked at and you went, yeah, this is really nothing. It's or it's new <laughs> or something. Oh dear. Um, <laughs> I think that's a big part of why you don't see me more on the oh, TV show okay. because they bring something to me and they're all excited, you know, they found this and there and that and so on. And, of course, I have to bust a bubble. is just uh, some ordinary little <laughs> a little thing that, you know, mm-hmm. it just uh, it doesn't uh, create a uh, TV Right, a TV uh, moment, yeah. Show worthy. Made, made for TV moment. Yeah. <laughs> That's oh, right. Yeah. yeah. And, and the other thing, too, is sometimes it'll bring some little simple thing that happens to be in the bag with the other stuff, and it sticks out to me, and it's fantastic. Mm-hmm. And then, of course, I will tell them what they found, and uh, they had no realized, uh, you know, they didn't have any idea that right. that they had found something this uh, momentous. Yeah. Well, we get a chance. It was uh, quite often we call Laird uh, Niven the crusher of dreams because they'll find something they're very excited about, and he'll take a look at it on the island, and he'll be like, "Yeah, that's just a rock or something like that," you know. So we've kind of called him the crusher of dreams, and now he, I think you're going to might be added to that also. <laughs> you know, yes, get all right. get all worked up about something and find out it's really nothing at all. Um, that's, that's right. That's, that's yeah. very interesting. Um, and, and, you know, like I was saying about the ox shoes before people, you know, get a little bit tired of keep finding the same type of thing. Oh, they find a cribbing spike and they, oh, another piece of metal or whatever. But in, in the ox shoes, you know, we've seen them find a lot of ox shoes. But the thing is, is that each one of those tells a story as if not only by its makeup of who would have made it and it would have be summer or a, a winter shoe and also where it was found is very important as well. So each in you're almost like a uh, an archaeologist in the sense of you know everybody wants to uh, get an idea in their head of what something is or you know what the story of something and then try to find the artifacts to fill that story whereas an archaeologist will take the artifacts and begin to put a story together based upon the knowledge of those artifacts and that's kind of what you do yes. i get that feeling um so do you yes. feel that we're getting any closer based upon the artifacts that you've seen are we getting any closer to maybe some answers about the who, what, why, when, and where on Oak Island? Oh, yes. Oh, yes. I'm going to say within the next year, uh, mm. there will be a lot of, um, you know, cohesion with the stories that the uh, items tell. Um, we just, you know, we found a lot of evidence and a lot of artifacts mm-hmm. that are this or that. But mm-hmm. now it's to the point where we can start to put this together and uh, come up with a uh, a logical uh, explanation of why people were, were there, what they were doing, and when they were there. Yeah. Um, yeah, I can see some exciting things happening in the next year. Oh, that's great. Good news, folks. <laughs> you know, this go. year, yeah. I'm sorry, Tom, go ahead. Oh, right, just, just, yeah, just quick back on the oxen, too. Uh, um, Michelle, I want to just give you a shout out there for your first book on the care and use of auction, oxens. Mm-hmm. In her book, uh, and use the information she used for her book, uh, so- Sophia of Oak Island. Uh, that was really cool, yes. all the information in there. Now, when we talked to you last time, you were working on a second book. Yes. And how uh, is that going? It'll come out, it'll be out uh, sometime this summer. And it's about two days in the life of a blacksmith during 1965. Wow. That was sort of when you changed and over to, let's call it the modern method. In there as well. Oh, good. All right. Interesting. What and what's the name of that one? Uh, we don't have a. Oh, don't have a... <laughs> okay, we'll be looking forward to that. 
Um, yeah, because we and we talked about the use and care oxen book that you wrote before, which is really interesting because you know some people you know um, that's what you know we've talked about your blacksmithing before. The fact that you know do you do you work on horses? And the answer was really no. I concentrate on on oxen and oxen shoes. And the, uh, I can do horses, but uh, there's so many people out there that right. do horses. Regular Not fairies. too many people know how to deal with oxen, so I concentrate on the ox because mm -hmm. there's nobody else out there that does it. Right. Yeah. Just a, a quick correction. Linda reminded me that the book is Sophie, not Sophia. Plus, plus two. I mean, I'm going to make a lot of people mad when I say this, but a, a blind man can chew a horse. The hoof on an auction is a lot smaller than that of a horse, right? You get a smaller target area. <clears throat> yeah. Like as far yeah. as the, 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 the amount that you can actually nail into. Yeah. Yes. The, the hoof of a horse is about uh, five eight three quarter inch or whatever. Mm -hmm. The hoof of an ox is one quarter to three eighth at the most. Wow! And yet you're still using the same nail. Oh wow! Same size nail. Wow, that is interesting. Because I've you know being I ra I was raised with horses, so I've seen many many horses uh, shoed and uh, trimmed. You know their hooves trimmed and shoed. Do you trim? Do you have to trim the uh, oxen uh, hoof quite a bit too? The cloven hoof. Yes, mm -hmm. except for the horse, you're only shoeing. Uh, you're only, uh, yeah, shoeing, trimming, and shoeing one foot, one right. shoe. Right. Or it was an ox, or uh, a, a yeah, double clawed animal, right. so you have to pair and uh, trim both of them, and they have to be done exactly the same, so that they have the same, uh, you know, the step. You can't have one hoof higher than the other. It oh, can't right, be yep. one walking on his heel and the other one on his toe. It's just so much more involved in uh, putting two shoes on per foot. And then it is one. Yep, exactly. Wow. In which it would have been it hard for coming off too. Easier to more easy to come off, I would think. Uh, no. Um, really? When you put shoes on an ox um, properly, they'll stay on better than horseshoes. Horseshoes. Really? Interesting. Uh, horses will throw a shoe fairly easy, wow. whereas an ox doesn't. So a horse will, you know. Six weeks is uh, maximum you're going to get out of, uh, you know, shoeing horses. Right. Oxen can go three months. Uh -huh. So, again, we go back to finding all those shoes on Oak Island, knowing that, um, you know, properly shod oxen will lose a shoe every three months, we'll say. Um, again, with the amount of shoes being found there, it indicates a lot of time and a lot of work. Yeah. Wow, it truly does. Yeah. I, uh, horses throw their shoes fairly easy. One of the one of the things that I wanted to ask you about too. Speaking of the blacksmithing shop, um, you worked at Ross Farm, and where where are you going to be working at any of those blacksmith shops this uh, this coming season? Uh, I will be at the uh, forage at the Ross Farm Museum occasionally on the weekends. Okay. Um, if anybody uh, comes up to uh, Nova Scotia and they uh, seek me out, I will take them to uh, the Northville Farms Heritage Center. They're welcome there. They're welcome to go to the Ross Farm Museum there. And uh, I like meeting people and uh, explaining what we do and, uh, and show them the, the shops. Um, again, I have about uh, four different shops that I can go to and uh, show how to... Uh, do some blacksmithing and uh, mm -hmm. each shop has a special um, setup to do a special skill. Um, the Ross Farm Museum being the most uh, 
uh, sort of traditional as far as uh, farming and forestry go. Okay. And uh, I'd be more than welcome to, you know, give anybody the Grand Tour or the Ross Farm Museum or the North Little Farm Heritage Center. Oh, that'd be great. I know I'm planning on coming up this year. Uh, Tom and uh, Henry are going to be up together. Tom that's with me here. Um, they're going to be up together uh, sometime in the latter part of June or middle of June. Middle right. of June, yeah. Are you guys planning on to stop in and see Carmen? This is one person we are tracking down. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I'm not hard to find. Uh, just uh, let me know on uh, Facebook or whatever that you're coming and uh, message me and I'll uh, meet you uh, Gold River, Oak Island, uh, Ross Farm, North yeah. Farm Heritage Center, uh, local museums, anywhere at all. Okay. Anywhere so I can uh, tell you about the history of the people. Right. Use these items. I, we yeah. would we would love to actually part of our one purpose is just to explore the history of that end of Nova Scotia. So it'll fit in perfectly. Yeah, and yeah. I'm going to be up there. I'm going to definitely look you up because, like I said, you know, I've said this before, but you know, doing this show, I've got to meet such wonderful people like yourself, and uh, to come up and be able to meet you in person, um, it would just be the highlight of my trip. You know, that for sure. And uh, so I'm really looking forward to, I, I'm going to be in touch with you when I get up there or before I get up there so we can try to make some sort of arrangement. I would love not only to meet you, but to have you show me around. I mean, that'd be fantastic, uh, truly. No problem at all. I'd uh, do that for anybody. That's Any great. of the uh, Oak Island fans. That's great. So you hear that, folks. If you're going to be up there this year, you've got to stop. I know one of them actually mentioned that. Um, uh, I had her name here. We have a few people headed that way this summer. Yeah, there we have a, a few people. headed that way too. I think. Yep. Yep. Um, so they wanted to find out just exactly uh, where you were going to be working uh, on the weekends. And that's really cool. Oh, it's uh, yeah, Susan. It was Susan. It was Susan Olden, yeah. Yep. Um, yeah, she she's going to be up there visiting, and she wanted a chance to meet you and and, uh, and get a little bit of a tour as well. That's fantastic, and that's neat that you devote your Very time. Good. But you stay busy when you're there doing that. You're actually busy there doing things, right? You're not just hanging around waiting for people, right? You're actually making things and whatnot, correct? To, to a point. I consider mm -hmm. myself semi-retired. Okay. Um, but uh, that doesn't mean I can't light the fire and uh, make some of the items that I've made in the past. Um, it, it's Once you make a thousand of some item, it's just, you know, very... Uh, I can make a, an ox shoe and think about what I'm going to have for supper all at the same time, right? So <laughs> yeah. It's no yeah. big deal. But I, I, I know people are fascinated when they see the sparks flying and they oh, yeah. see the hooks and uh, pokers and hinges and stuff being made, and it's just second nature to me. But I, I also appreciate uh, people, uh, you know, being in wonder, you know, of exactly. uh, seeing this happen. So yep. I, I uh, will accommodate them as best as I can. Great. Um, also, uh, yeah, I warn people, though, if you come into my port and you see me beating and pounding things, and if you might say to me, well, how'd you do that? Well, the first thing I'm going to do is strap an apron on you, <laughs> put the goggles on you, and show That's you That's what you I was going to suggest. I think I'll bring my safety goggles with me. Yeah, bring, them, bring, bring your safety glasses, <laughs> yeah, for sure, because uh, that would be that'd be fascinating because, I, like I said, I was working with uh, – uh, some former blacksmiths that were kind of, you know, teaching me along uh, some rudimentary stuff, absolutely rudimentary, but still it was so much fun. Uh, that would be, that would be the highlight of my trip to, to, uh, 
to have you actually show me some stuff like that. That would be <laughs> a lot of people are jumping on now saying, I'm in, I want to do that with Carmen. <laughs> yeah. Yes. The, 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 one, the one stipulation is though, Jeff, you'd have to, you'd have to, one stipulation is Jeff, you'd have to show us what it looked like when you were done. Yeah. Okay. Well, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. it's not going to look like it would uh, with Carbonated. Expand. <laughs> yeah. We're all going to expand that to uh, workshops so people can take um, two or uh, three day workshops as well. See, and that's, that's the unique part about, we talked about that earlier about the traditional style of blacksmithing. Um, that particular style, if you are able to show that to people, especially young people that can say, oh yeah, well, that's really neat over here in this modern shop, but I actually got exposure to somebody doing it the traditional way. And I think that being able to carry on that heritage, um, that knowledge from the, the, the traditional way is just so important. I hope that never gets lost. It just can't. Um, that's truly yeah. an art form. Uh it's so, just my way of paying homage to the ones who, uh, you know, in the past that, uh, did this and uh, created the, the way for us to continue and prosper. Right. So, yeah. Carmen, you've, you've trained oxen. So let me ask you this. Have you ever met an oxen you didn't like? <laughs> met an ox that I didn't like? Yeah. Yep. Um, yeah. Uh, I like the big ones. I like the ones that are very fast and, and big. Um, you know, the ones that can uh, keep pace with any horse. I did have some that um, I don't want to knock the Hereford breed, but the Herefords tend to be really slow and stubborn. And uh, they're not my preferred breed. And I had one that was so slow, it was, well, it was slower than cold molasses running uphill. <laughs> And slower than even backwards. I like the ones, I like the big ones, you know, the ones that weigh over 2,000 pounds mm. and can probably travel four or five miles an hour. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. I, I see on, on the cover of your, of your like a lot, but it, it, yeah, I see on the cover of your book, you've got yeah. a, a whip over your shoulder. Now, after they've all been trained, I, I, I expect that's just kind of a little incentive. You just sort of have to show it to them to get them moving along. Well, uh, when you're training, when you're training a steer, steers like a teenager, right? Um, they are going to rebel. There's just no way of getting around that. They're going to rebel, and uh, the whip is there for two purposes. One is to give you some protection, so that if they decide to uh, use their horns on you, you can you have some protection. Mm. And uh, and the other thing too is um, um, an ox pushes the load with their head or their shoulders, depending on what style of yoke you use. Um, the back end also has to be directed as well. Um, so the lash or the go stick is just some way of touching them here and there to make them step one way or the other. It's not used as a, uh, uh, a device for punishment or something like that okay. because it doesn't work with uh, oxen. Doesn't work with horses either, for that matter. Um, so it's not a punishment thing. It's just a, uh, an item that you can hold in your hands to direct them. Also, when you're training them, they'll watch you. If the whip is held above their heads, that means go ahead. If it's held down below their nose or eyes, it means back up. If it's held to the left or held to the right. It's just a it's just a, a tool, a pointer uh -huh. that you can use. Yeah. For it's not a punishment device because it doesn't work. No, it doesn't work. Hence the, hence the term stubborn as an ox. It doesn't work. No. <laughs> stubborn as an yeah, ox. Yeah. No, no. Uh, if you use the whip to whip 
them, they uh, will uh, you know balk up and say, "No, I'm not doing it." Mm-hmm. Yep, they're going to dig yep. in, and you're not going anyway. So. Can't use it yeah. that way. Yeah. No. I just brought up a picture, Carmen, of uh, some pins that you made. I believe these are like cloak pins. Um, and these are ones that you shared with me from your, uh, you sent me uh, last time. And I just brought up, there's about, uh, oh, I don't know, about 12 of them in the picture here. Uh, like a C shape with a, uh, a pin in it, uh, uh, a straight uh, straight poker in the center. So they, are these like cloak pins? Is that what these are? That's the proper term, yeah. Some people always to call them blanket pins or... Uh, okay or uh, uh, coat pins or that sort of thing, but they're cloak pins. And, um, you know, you wrap the cloak around you and then you uh, pull a little bit of the frab- fabric through the uh, the circle uh-huh. and then you uh, put the uh, center pin through it and that kind of locks it in place. And uh, that's just some samples of what I have made in the past and I hope to make more in the future. Now, what, what do you... Mind you, I'm not... Do you sell these or go ahead? Well, uh, it's, that is in the back of my mind. I'll put it that way. <laughs> okay. It's not a, uh, it's not a, uh, you know, it's not going to be a money making uh, venture or anything like that, but mm-hmm. I would like to make a few of those. They're, they're very easy to make and uh, very unique. And uh, a lot of people uh, that have seen me on the Oak Island show want some sort of item made by me. Mm-hmm. And of course, uh, you know, I get, thousands of requests to make some little thing and uh, sometimes they request uh, you know a, a hinge or a shoe or, or something like that but mm-hmm. it, it has to be made by me it, you know I, I sometimes will say well the Ross Fire Museum will make that item for you but no it's it, they want an <laughs> item that was made by me exactly yep. so uh, the cloak pins is going to satisfy that I hope that, those are neat yeah I've got them up showing them right now and you got there's 12 different designs right here for sure uh, in this picture that yes. uh, really really interesting and that you're exactly right i mean you are a world world famous blacksmith uh the show is being seen all over the world of course and i can't think you think of you know have you go back and you think about all the different people uh that you've you know seen on tv you know different types of people divers and this and that and the other how many people could you recognize and i'm asking the the, the group that's watching right now uh how many times can you name how many different blacksmiths can you name that you, you've seen on TV? I can think of one, and that's Carmen Leg. So there you go. Yeah. Not only a blacksmith, but you also research. How much time do you? I mean, do you spend quite a bit of time researching some of the artifacts? And the things? I I do a lot of research usually at night uh, around seven or eight o'clock. I usually uh-huh. spend an hour, an hour and a half researching um, artifacts and. Uh, any any opportunity I have to go to. Uh, antique tool shows or oh, auctions yeah. or, or whatever of uh, antique equipment or uh, anything like that. And I I, I don't uh, do a lot of bidding. Well, every once in a while I do, but I mainly go there to look at the items and see the shapes and the way it was made, why it was made in this particular fashion. That way, if I ever happen to see the same artifact come out of the ground, I, I have a little bit more mm. knowledge, information that I can pass on. Exactly. I don't know. I just think it's important to me. Yeah. Oh, I do yeah. too. Absolutely. And that that's and, and that's one of the beauties of the thing that, you know, we've watched over the, the course of watching, you know, all the different seasons that you've been on um, on Oak Island on the show. 
and the in you know they bring you these things and you're able to look at them and give them an assessment even if they're completely wrong if they thought it was something this then they bring it to you and you look at it and go no nope, this would be a you know like those legs of the can and i always go back to that and i mentioned that to you in the pre-show what you know those pieces of those cannon legs that you looked at we had no idea i don't think they had any idea what they were and then you were showing us right away that they were they looked to you are you know were parts of a cannon all except for the actual barrel yes. itself yes uh, also uh, to add to that one on one of the uh, shows uh, recent shows i think they showed me uh, a couple links of a chain yes and these links yes. were long mm-hmm. um when when i seen those i knew right away that they were uh, boom chains or containment chains and mm-hmm. they weren't really for hauling heavy loads or anything like that it was just uh, meant for binding or containing something like uh, uh-huh. barricading a ship from entering a harbor or whatever sort of thing. And also on the show there, they showed an example of a boom chain, you know, complete, uh, long, and, and uh, it just sort of, you know, gives you some uh, uh, reinforcement that you're on the right track. Uh-huh. Yeah. So Speak- that's always nice. You know? Yeah. Speaking of chain, uh, Tom had brought up a question about the uh- – there was a large link, one circle of chain that was, um, I don't know if it was ever brought to you. Uh, they were, t- uh, Gary, uh, Gary had metal detected and dug it up, um, but it was just one circle. I didn't know if you had a chance to look at that one. He was thinking it was uh, a link, a single link to a chain, but I, I don't know. Um, and again, this would have been sometime during season nine. We don't know exactly when, but uh, do you remember seeing any single rings? size it was uh probably about the size of uh maybe what it was it what do you think about an inch and a half across tom was it something like that across and probably between two and three inches in length maybe yeah something like that a little bit of an oval shape Mm. but it was just a single i think they found it up yeah they found it up on lot eight i think if i remember correctly yeah i think it was lot eight yeah oh yes yes i recall that link yes um I'm going to decline to comment on that okay. uh, link if you okay. don't want. Okay, no problem. No, that's all right. No. <laughs> um, so, uh, Just because, you know, I have to be careful what I say. No, no, right. don't. Exactly. No, no. Yeah, you don't want to put you in a weird position for sure or in a bad position on that. Um, what? They, uh, yes, they did show me the link. Okay, good. Um, so now we noticed also that they used to always come and find you uh, when they wanted to have something looked at you know, all through season nine. Uh, you've been coming to the island and driving up there in the blue ox. You know, I call it the <laughs> babe, the blue ox, because it's a you know the color of it. You know, <laughs> even though it's not, it's a pretty fast ox for you know. I'm sure for an ox, but so you now you're coming to the island. Is that gonna? You think that will continue, or are you? Will they make excursions out to find you out at the uh, out at the out at the forge? I suspect it'll be a little of both. Okay, uh, it was last summer. Uh, um... The reason why you see me on the island more is because I requested to see these items um, mm. in situ or at least tell me where they came from, uh, okay. the terrain, the surroundings, how deep, mm. uh, so on. It just gives me more uh, you know, context to come up with more information about the artifact, how it was used, and, and so on and so forth. So it was partly as a request to see the, the, uh, where these items were coming from. Mm-hmm. Uh, especially in relation to other items that were found, 
when they come to me, these items are all in the bag and they're just helter-skelter and I don't know if they're connected. And too, you know, when they come on there, they'll say this is from lot 19 or this is from lot 14 and yeah. lot 2 or whatever. And I just can't remember, uh, you know, where the lots are on the island. Yeah. So it's better for me to go to the island and see these items in one location sort of thing. And uh, uh, I can also make a better story if you see... Uh, well, again, if the Swedes came from the same area as the rock drill, then I can say that this was the center of operations and so on. But the rock drill was not found where the Swedes were. So, again, uh, you know, right. it all helps to make a story. Um, so uh, that was just part of uh, my request. Also, because of COVID, yes. uh, the, yep. uh, the crew members didn't want to travel to other areas while COVID was rampant. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yep. And so, yeah, that would make keep it contained on the island. Yeah. Exactly, yeah, for sure. And of course, when we go to the island, we have to be uh, tested and uh, wait for our results and uh, right. follow a proper procedure. Yeah. Uh, it's only during filming that we're allowed to take our mask off. Okay. Yeah. Wow. Hopefully, uh, you know, this is uh, you know behind us now. We hope. I know that uh, you know there's still there's still a, a variation of you know, COVID making its way around and people are still getting sick, but it's more like a, a little bit of the flu now. I think that it's, hopefully it's not hurting people. The exactly. Way it was, yeah. You know. <clears throat> yeah. Same here. Um, it still has, you know, devastating effects for certain people, but oh, absolutely. the majority is just a bad flu. Mm-hmm. Um, and I know some people have already heard this answer, <clears throat> but I wanted to ask it again for those who have not. Um, when did you first get involved with Oak Island and the artifacts that they were finding? Do you remember when that was? Uh, I would say probably uh, after a couple of years of them uh, searching on the island, mm-hmm. uh, uh, Doug Crowell uh, became involved with the hunt. Doug works, mm-hmm. or did he work for the uh, Nova Scotia Community College as a computer specialist. And he was also big in the history, and he was the president of the local uh, historical society. Uh-huh. And uh, being involved in Oak Island, they were coming up with these uh, blacksmith-made artifacts. And he just uh, asked me someday if I uh, uh, knew anything about the history of these artifacts. Well, I certainly did. Uh-huh. Um, at, by that time, I was working uh, at the uh, Ross Farm Museum for probably uh, 15 years. Oh, wow. And in, during that time, you know, I had my nose stuck in, uh, you know, uh, books about antique tools and plows and mm-hmm. carriages and, and, and all that stuff. So um, they showed me about um, 100 items, I would, I would imagine. And, uh, well, I guess I uh, impressed them and the uh, rest is history. Yeah. And we're so glad that that happened, too, because... You know, again, you need, they gather in experts, <clears throat> you know, whether it be somebody that can come in and, and you know, they, uh, um, like Ian, Dr. Ian Spooner or Laird Niven or, you know, even Steve Guptol and the people, the experts that they're bringing in that are experts in their particular field that can look at soils and tell you about it or can, you know, survey the entire island and have it down to the actual millimeter almost as far as that goes. But also then bringing you in as an expert and being able to identify some of these items. And that, I think, it, 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 it bodes well of them, but also of you and your expertise that they have, you know, continued to have you examine items. I mean, it just means that your experience is, is, is invalid. I mean, not invalid, is in, 
it, well, what am I trying to say? It's there, you can't put a price on it. You can't put a price on the expertise you bring to the table uh, is what I mean by that. Uh, case in point, there's a picture I have up right now where you are examining the, uh, the latch or the closure locking mechanism to a box or a chest. Um, and it had the double, the double uh, locking portion. Um, if you can, oh, I see you popping in here. We'll see. If, I don't, if you can see that, I know I don't have a very good picture of it there, but you're looking at this like it would have been a locking mechanism to a, a cabinet or a box. You close the lid and then the two things would come up and lock it into place. We didn't really have any good idea of what that was until you were able to examine it and then give us a description. So, you know, that's where you bring that expertise to the table. Yeah, it's it's come from uh, experience. Mm-hmm. Um, when you're a scientist and you examine soil, that's been taught to you. Mm-hmm. Um, the knowledge, I guess, you would, uh, or the information I have, is not really something that's teachable. Right. It just comes from experience, uh, and yeah. Uh, uh, it, it, yeah, I guess it is uh, valuable. But oh, in an instance like that lock, <laughs> I was able to. Uh, Mm-hmm. You know, just from experience, know that it was a lock for a chest or a cabinet and not a door. Yeah, exactly. Yep. Yeah, and that's and Is that's that a good. Teachable? I don't know. Not really. I don't think so. I don't know. Not without hands-on experience, I wouldn't think. Right. Yeah. Yeah. If somebody was Majority working with it, you, yes. yeah. If you had a if you had an apprentice working with you, and you were able to explain those things to them, and then they would able you know to see it for themselves, yes, they could carry on that knowledge. But uh, otherwise, you're right. I don't think that other, it's not really a, a teachable uh, a teachable thing. Um, I know you said yeah, you had a, a course out there anyway. Right, exactly. I, I know you said you had limited time because of the phone call here, and I don't want to run you too long. But I did want to ask you about uh, any, we always ask anybody about a funny story or anything. Uh, you've been on the island or you had the guys come to the shop. Uh, do you have any funny stories that you could share with us? Oh, let me see. Let me see. Um, <clears throat> or something behind the scenes uh, that we may not know. <laughs> well, as some of you know, I drive a blue Corvette. Right. Yep. And I usually go to the island in the blue Corvette, right? Mm-hmm. And, of course, the, uh, they all say how nice it is, and they all want to drive it, and they all <laughs> <laughs> they want to all take a route and burn the tires on to it, so uh, I have to fight yeah. them off. It must hurt their tooth nails, <laughs> No, you're not driving my Corvette. <laughs> yeah, sorry. we had a we had a little fun uh, with. Uh, go ahead, go ahead. I'm sorry, please. The gang out there is uh, all down to earth, you know, friendly uh, folk, and uh, uh, they're very uh, focused on uh, finding the answers. But uh, you know, they all have a good time while they're doing it. Mm-hmm. and uh, so on and so forth and uh, um, Rick and Marty are very um, you know if there's a little mud around or uh, swampy water that don't stop them a bit they'll swim in it <laughs> yeah. whereas I would look at it eh, I don't know if I'm going in there <laughs> yeah I know right uh, and that's so true too I mean especially Rick you know we see Rick covered from head to toe uh, quite often in mud uh, you know because uh, he, he is, he's one of those kind of people that are going to dig right in and, and get in there. Um, but that does give yeah, us an I'll interesting... Go, I'll go around. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Um, 
So, you know, we've covered quite a bit of the, the uh, stuff on there. Uh, and again, um, I think, you know, we talked about the swages, of course, and the rock drill being one of the most important things that are interesting things that you found uh, or they brought to you to examine this year. And they were even off on that a little bit of as to exactly what it was. What, um, and, and this was a question that Tom had written down here about other historical interests. Do you have other historical interests outside of, you know, just the uh, the metal items that they bring to you, or, or, or tell us a little bit about that. Do you? Well, I do have other uh, his, uh, traditional skills that I uh, uh, study and uh, research and uh, teach for other people as well. So, um, woodworking, leatherworking. Oh wow! Um, I also make a few um, ash baskets. Um, wow. I do uh, a bit of consulting on uh, archaeological. Uh, uh, excavations. Uh-huh. I uh, am presently doing a uh, research grant on uh, on the ox shoes that are found uh, on the uh, soil here in the soil here in Nova Scotia, uh-huh. and uh, presently doing a database for the Nova Scotia Museum system. Um, that way, if uh, archaeologists in the future discover a shoe, they can say, "Aha, the English were here." Yes, exactly. Or that sort of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, I still do a bit more writing. Uh, I, uh, you know, uh, I'm doing some landscaping. I'm uh, enjoying life, and I'm in good uh, health. So uh, I uh, look forward to some more. And I'm also a speculator. I like buying properties, fixing them up, and reselling. Ah, very good. Interesting. And so, this is what semi-retirement sounds like. Yeah, the first thing I do when I see a new property is I examine it for artifacts. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Do you do any metal detecting yourself? A little, yeah. Oh, good, okay. I just bought myself a, a new one. Oh, good. All right. Yeah, I've got one too, and I tell you what, I'm I'm uh, really looking forward to using it quite a bit more this, uh, this coming summer um, and getting out. What do you have? Well, mine's just a cheapo. Uh, you know what? I've forgotten. It's not a... Um, Oh my goodness! Uh, we've had on the show. We've had Gypsy Jules on the phone, on the show, and she has a Garrett uh, a, a stuff. And so mine is a, uh, a really very uh, low end uh, uh, Garrett unit that's uh, old. But um, so yeah, it, it's it's a, it's a cheapo. It really is. I I think my my mom picked it up at a yard sale for like five dollars. But I tell you what, it works pretty darn good. Oh. And I found quite a few artifacts in my yard. I actually found a horseshoe. Uh, I was out there going back and forth in my yard. I was digging holes up in my own yard with, <laughs> and I found a horseshoe that was still had the, it was thrown because it still had the, uh, the nails in it. Well, I, I assume it was thrown. I don't know that for a fact because it still had several of the nails were still in it uh, and bent over at the end. Um, but interesting stuff. Nonetheless, I found a lot of hot wheels cars with it, but yeah, so I can, <laughs> the, from the kids that lost it, were living here before, but I do enjoy doing that because you never know. It's kind of that that interesting. You never know what you're going to dig up next. Exactly. You just never know what the item is. And also, I tend to get a little more excited because, you know, I know a little bit more about the artifact, yeah. how it was used. And yep. then I say, oh, they were here. Yes. Yeah. Now, now, do you get asked, Carmen, to do many other shows or any other TV shows or history shows or anything like that? I do. Yes, I do, actually. Uh, um, uh, one or two requests per month, something like that. And, uh, um, you know, I'm 
<laughs> well, I guess I'll tell you now. I'll tell you now. All right. Um, along with the new book coming out, I'm also going to be doing a YouTube channel and uh, really? a Facebook channel as well. And uh, um, again, that kind of goes back to um, I'm going to reproduce the items that were found on the uh, Oak Island. I'm going to use them. I'm going to show people how how it was done, how much effort it required to use these items and so on and so forth. And I hope that, uh, you know, it'll be successful. Oh, I guarantee it's going to be successful. As soon as people people start to find it and know that you're doing this, and of course, we'll be happy to advertise this for us. So you let us know when you're oh, ready and great. we'll put yes. the word yeah. out because, yeah. you know, that's that's something that's a, one of the beauties. And I mentioned this earlier that has been brought to the show is your expertise. Not only do you, are you so knowledgeable on all these items and we want to learn more from you on it, but also you're just a fun personality. You're informative and you're fun. And that would that it adds more to the show. And I think you doing this on your own. I think it'll be fantastic. I, I, I will sign up. I, I'm going to go ahead and say, I'm going to subscribe right now. As soon as you're ready and you start doing it, I'm going to be it's one wrong. of your first subscribers. I can tell you that right now. <laughs> I, I would say you just picked up about 26,000 uh, new followers. Oh, well, no. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, and uh, you can subscribe and uh, uh, help to make it successful. Uh, I have uh, four focuses on the uh, channel. One will be the blacksmithing. Mm-hmm. The other one will be discussing uh, Oak Island and some of the stories and uh, surrounding the artifacts. And, uh, of course, the auction, which is uh, near yep. uh, dear to my heart. Yep. And also the history of the area. I'm going to take you to other sites, and I'm going to show you uh, the sites, uh, uh, try to explain the history of these sites that are just as old, if not older, than uh, Oak Island. All right. Perfect. And I'm also going to show the other Oak Island. Oh, yes. You said there's two, right? There is two. Yeah. I had a picture. Uh, well, there's, and I know that there's. Of the sign uh, with the yeah, arrow pointing both ways. Yeah, I had a picture. I'm going to show real quick that you had sent me one day. Oak Island Road. There's two Oak Island Roads, right? There is. So yeah, that's. One's on the South Shore and the other one's on the North Shore. See? Yeah. That's interesting. And there's yes. two and there's two Oak Islands. Same longitude. Oh, really? There is. Yes. Interesting. And where's the other one at? Different latitude. Okay. <laughs> I don't think I want to uh, okay. disclose the. Uh, All right. No. Where it is. We'll, uh, uh, we'll 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 wait for your uh, YouTube channel and to yes. get uh, your your full take on what you think the history behind Oak Island might be. Then. Mm-hmm. Very good. Uh, yeah quite a few people are um, jumping up and saying they're already ready to watch your uh, youtube channel so there you go <laughs> yeah. it's going to uh, do very well i thank everybody yeah uh, I, I appreciate all the nice comments and uh, i thank everybody for watching the show and uh, being interested in uh, what little i have to say oh uh, well i tell you like i said your expertise is uh you can't put it it's priceless you can't put a, a price on it uh, I don't know how much they pay you, but they you, they need to double it or triple it because <laughs> <laughs> I'll tell them that. <laughs> yes, because you know, like I said, you add so much to the show. Not only, like I said, because of your personality and your expertise, but you really do. And and, and that's I, I think it's always a highlight when I see a commercial or you know the of the upcoming episode and it's set and it shows you examining something because. Now I know we're going to get to find out what the truth of it is, what it truly is, and and maybe get an idea behind how it was used. And that's what I love when you do that on the show, because you not only explain to them what it was, 
and, and again, you only get a little bit of film time, which I know you're probably on camera a lot more than what we see. Um, but again, that's, that's, you do it, you do your best to try to tell us how it was used as well and maybe by who. So, um, uh, I try, it's just, uh, some of the items they show me five minutes ahead of time. It's, it's, it's hard to oh, reflect yeah. in your mind, you know, the history of all the history of a certain item, but exactly. I, I just try to do my best in the, in the short time I have available. Yeah, for sure. So, well, so the vast, the vast majority of the items then you would be, we're coming up to see you or you're coming to see us on whatever day at whatever time. And that would be probably your first opportunity to, to see and handle them then. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. That's gotta be tough. Awesome. Yeah. Well, I tell you what, it's been fantastic talking with you today. I know you've been sitting there holding your phone uh, up to your ear the whole time. And I, I know that's inconvenient, but thank you so much, Carmen, for this. I, I really do appreciate it. We love having you on the show. Um, and please, like I said, please let us know right away when you have your own channel. Uh, we will do our best to advertise the heck out of it for you uh, and get uh, people watching because I think it'll be very fun and informative uh, as you always are. So thank you for that. Um, I was just going to say, I was going to kind of looking back to see if any, uh, it looks like we pretty much asked all the questions that. Uh, I think we have uh, most of them, yeah. Yeah, most of them that, uh, but thank you so much for your time today. I know you're a busy man and hopefully, uh, I know they're, they're, they're getting ready to start. Well, <laughs> officially we don't know there's going to be a season 10, but Marty on the season finale, as you'll see tomorrow night, pretty much said on the season finale, there's going to be a season 10. I mean, without saying it, he did say it, uh, kind of, but, uh, Hopefully, we'll see you much, much more. And as you said, uh, you think that there are going to be some finds that will really help nail down um, some more, uh, give us some more answers this in this coming uh, in this coming year. So we're looking forward to that. Again, thank you, Carmen, so very, very much for being on with us today. Thanks, Carmen, very much. Uh, it was uh, fun doing this, and uh, and uh, uh, again, uh, coming this far into the. Uh, quest of Oak Island to find the answers we got to continue on now mm -hmm. absolutely absolutely we do well thank you folks very much for being with us here today we're going to go ahead and wrap things up uh and uh with Carmen and again big thanks to him for coming on here today with us and we hope to see him a lot in the upcoming season 10 uh looking at different artifacts uh, if you're out there on the YouTube channel if you click on that subscribe button for us we'd appreciate it very much give us a thumbs up if you like the content of our show and we will see you uh, again. We're going to be talking about some of the drilling downs coming up. Um, and, uh, and hopefully sometime uh, during the summer, uh, maybe we'll have Carmen on again uh, for a little snippet just so he can say, yeah, I've been on the island, but I can't tell you anything about it yet. So, <laughs> all right, that's, that wraps it up for me. And uh, Tom Burns, thank you, Tom, for being on the thank show. Carmen, thank you for having me on. So much. We really appreciate you, sir. Thanks, all right, Carmen. Good. Thank yep. you, Jeff. Thank yep. you, Tom. All right. So next time, folks, right here on the Curse of Oak Island and Beyond live stream, we will see you, uh, I think, coming up on, let's see, we got Jim McQuiston on the 12th, uh, and then we're going to be talking about some Skinwalker Ranch. We got uh, Dr. Lee Spence on the 14th, and then we got some drilling downs that we'll be talking about coming up in the uh, on Wednesday nights in the future. So we'll all see you all later. Have a great rest of your weekend. Bye-bye now. Bye, everyone.